0: Well, we have a special treat for you guys today. If you're a Dancing with the Stars fan, you may know our guest Noah Galloway or American Grit. He's coming in, he's got an incredible story of overcoming adversity. Uh, He was in the military um, and got blown up and uh, his life was blown up. He was physically blown up uh, and he tells us his story about how he overcame all of that and how the mental and emotional side was actually more challenging to get over than the physical aspects of losing limbs. You don't want to miss it. We have an incredible culture here in the state of Alabama, but our politics and public policy don't reflect the people of Alabama. Media drives culture. Culture is what drives politics and public policy. Welcome everyone to 1819 News, the podcast. I'm Brian Dawson, CEO of 1819 News and host of this here podcast. got a great episode for you guys today. Uh, we've got a um, a veteran who's coming in who has a very interesting story, uh, an incredible story of overcoming adversity. Uh, you might know him uh, best from Dancing with the Stars, but he's also an author and a speaker. And we've got him in today. He's going to be sharing his story. His name's Noah Galloway. He's going to share his story with us. And before we get into the content, though, I want to um, you know tell you guys Alabama needs eighteen nineteen news, and eighteen nineteen news needs you. We need you guys to sign up and support the work we're doing. Uh, Memberships start as little as $5 a month. You get access to behind-the-scenes content, cool merch, depending on what level you sign up uh, at. Uh, And so please do that. Uh, Go to the website, 1819news.com. Click the button, become a member. Uh, Very, very easy. So with that, uh, let's jump into the content. Noah, Noah Galloway, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. Oh, thanks for having me, Brian. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So uh, we love to do multiple things, I think you'll be able to kind of check the box on here. Um stories. I think mm-hmm. stories are important. I think stories matter. Um and and so wanna hear your story, but you know, also just um encouraging uh, men to take responsibility and and you know, no yep. matter their circumstances and things like that. I think yes. that kind of lines up with you. So um go ahead. I'm just gonna make the the, the floor is yours. Uh <laughs>
1: tell us your story. Well you know my backstory is I'm I'm from Birmingham, grew yeah. up here, born and raised I was a child that had no direction in life. You know, I was that lost soul, didn't know what I was doing. And my mother grew up a military brat and always told me I should go in the military. And I always yeah. thought, no, that's not for me. You know, yeah. I always looked at it like yeah, I respected the military, but it didn't fit. I didn't see myself being there. Yeah. Somehow I did end up in college, was going to UAB. I was enrolled and going to school at UAB when 9 11 happened. Mm. Uh, I remember watching that unfold on the news. Uh, I remember the beginning of it just talking about pilot air when we were watching and, and concerned about everyone in that one twin tower. And then I'll never forget, you know, just like the rest of the world, when we saw that second plane hit that other tower. Yeah. And I remember the screams around the cameraman as he was filming it. And then, you know, you have, you know, the Pentagon and you have Pennsylvania. And I, I went for a run. And I I just was running, and I was thinking, and I didn't know what to think, what was going on, how I felt. But I knew one thing was that, you know, I was, I was physically fit, I loved my country, and you know what, this is what I'm going to do. I had an uncle that was served in Vietnam that always told me, if you ever go in the military, tell him you want airborne infantry so you're right up front. So that's what I did. Next thing I know, I'm on a bus to Fort Benning, Georgia. I went through basic training, jump school, and I ended up with the 101st at Fort Benning, Georgia. I'm sorry, at uh Fort Campbell, Kentucky. Got there, to our division commander was General Petraeus. Oh wow. And as soon as I got there, you know, just wearing that uniform. Yeah. and and, and working with those men and then training I fell in love with it. Like, I started to, yeah. like, wow. Like, I'd worked a lot of jobs that I enjoyed. I mean, I did roofing. I did landscaping. I loved yeah. those jobs. I worked in a plant in Morris. Loved it.
0: Yeah.
1: Here I am. I'm training. I'm doing physical things I love to do. I'm falling in love with the military. Yeah. We go to Iraq in 2003. We are one of the lead elements. Boom, all the way Baghdad. Baghdad, we hit Mosul. We take over. We're there for the rest of the year. A lot of ups and downs. Come back. This is it like this is my career i saw myself i was either going to die in combat or retire an old man i was happy as could be we trained i was ready to get back you know i didn't didn't matter where the war was what it was you know and you're just you need at that time in that moment you need people to think that way and that's where i was in that moment and so we go in that second deployment in my second deployment we were in southwest baghdad an area known as the triangle of death you know, it's an area that has earned that name because every unit that had been there had taken a beating. And when we got there, it was no different. Within the first week, we lost our first couple of guys, and it just it became a mental struggle. Yeah. You know, the the physical part wasn't the challenge. We were out in a farming area, so it was easier for them to target us versus being in a city. Yeah, And not saying one's easier than the other. I've been in both, and they can be – terrifying and yeah. exhilarating at the same time. Uh, but it it was, it really started to break a lot of the guys, a lot of us mentally, but we pulled together and we, we helped each other. And I, as I said, I'd fall in love with the military. This is what I wanted to do. In between those deployments, I had filled out the paperwork. I wanted to be special forces. I wanted to go all the way. Yeah. This is all I wanted to do. Well, I'm waiting for all that. Well, here I am. I'm on that deployment, this, tough deployment there was nothing good came out of that deployment there's a book black hearts one platoon's demise in the triangle of death by fred jim fredericks that's about our platoon there's mm-hmm. a picture of my humvee that's in there um our, our battalion commander came to pick me up and said hey galloway load your stuff you've got to go to selection for special forces and i said uh i said no sir i said i'm not leaving combat for a school and I wasn't trying to be some tough guy. I yeah. honestly was thinking about my buddies. You know yeah. what I mean? Like we were we were helping each other. Yeah. You know what I mean? They were helping me. I was helping them. So it was like I couldn't leave. Yeah. Uh, and then two weeks later, I was driving a Humvee in the middle of the night, headlights off, night vision goggles on. And if you've never worn night vision goggles, you can see well, but you can't see everything.
0: Yeah.
1: And one thing I didn't see that night was a tripwire stretched across the road. Yeah. And when my front tires hit it, it detonated a roadside bomb large enough that when it hit my door, it threw this 9,000-pound armored Humvee flying through the air and landed in a canal running adjacent to the road. And I don't remember any of it. Yeah, I woke up six days later in a hospital on Christmas Day, and it was all news to me that I'd lost my left arm above the elbow, my left leg above the knee, my jaw was shattered, so my mouth was wired shut, had injuries to my right hand, and no feeling to my right leg. So... That's where I'm gonna stop for a moment cuz I know sure. I've been rambling but no not not at all. That's where I woke up. Sure.
0: Wow. I mean that's uh, I just do a lot at you, bro. No, I'm that's good. <laughs> and you know, I've got I've had you know close friends of mine that did I mean very similar story, yeah. you know, saw 9/11, enlisted,
1: you know, we can't let this happen. We've got to do oh, something. Oh, w- it was an influx. Yeah. Like you when, yeah. you when you when you go into the military, there's 3 days of in process. You get yeah. your uniforms, you get your shots, all that. Yeah three weeks. Yeah. It took us, it was like being, it was like being not, I'm not going to say prison it was like being in the County because yeah. you couldn't do anything. We weren't yeah. allowed to work out because we'd hurt ourselves. So we weren't yeah. technically covered by the military. Yeah. Nobody tells you that, yeah. <laughs> but you were given three meals a day. That was it. You yeah. sat around
0: waiting. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's incredible. But, um, you know, it's, um, it, it's a very interesting time in our country's history. And, and I think it's a good, you know, it shows what we're made of that that many people said, Hey, you yeah. know, we, we, we've got to do something. So, um, with that, I mean, so you don't remember any of it. You wake up, you wake up in the hospital. Um, what, how, what was the process? What was the recovery process from there to, you know, cause I, I there had to have been some type of a, I want to hone in on the emotional side of processing what had happened. Yeah. The fact that you don't have an arm, you don't have a leg, you know, you don't have any feeling in your other leg. Mm-hmm. Um, you know,
1: take us there. Talk about that. Oh, I was, like, this, not even putting it lightly, I was, I was terrified. I was scared. My emotions were all over the place. Like, some of it was me. Some of it may have been, you know, the medication they had me on. But one minute, I was like, oh, I could, this is not a problem, you know. And yeah. then the next, I'm angry. Yeah. And then I'm crying like a baby. And I don't know. At the, at the beginning, I don't know if it was good or bad. It did end up being a really good thing. But in the beginning, psychologically, my father has one arm. Yeah. He lost it when he was 18, working in a plant. My entire life, he's had one hand and has done construction, has taught me how to roof a house, do room additions, plumbing, siding. And so I had this man that was like, okay, he accomplished so much. I want to accomplish as much as I can. Wow. You know, but then he was trying to tell me what emotions I was going to go through. And, you know, this was the closest he has, he and I had ever gotten, you know what I mean? Because he knew what I was going through and he was trying to help me. But then I was stubborn and was like, oh, that's what you went through. I'm not going to. But of course I I moved back home and while I was in the hospital, I had my first marriage end. I had a son with her and then I rushed home and rushed into a second marriage, had two more children and that marriage collapsed also because i was not taking care of myself when i say that i didn't want to listen to my father here he was he was trying to to warn me yeah hey you're going to go through some things yeah and i was like no i'm not and i lived in this world of denial for several years yeah another marriage failed you know i was a, i just drank i didn't take care of myself i wasn't a good man i was in this denial was putting me in this deep dark place that i i'm glad i got out of yeah So what, um,
0: what clicked? And so I shared a little bit of my story with you. I had this kind of aha moment. It was before God really saved me. Mm -hmm. But you know, my listeners that know are familiar, you know, I got saved in prison. Um, Before I went to prison, I was in county jail. And that was really when my mental shift began to happen. When I realized it was my fault that I was in there, Mm -hmm. I was responsible for my thoughts, my feelings, my actions, my behavior um and so if my bad choices create could create bad circumstances my good choices could create good circumstances And it was this very liberating kind of breakthrough that i had mentally and emotionally and i began to make better choices and then i began to experience you know the consequences of good choices rather than the consequences of bad began to really get momentum. And that momentum, you know, over the next four or five years really was able to make a difference. Tell me about the click for you. Um, maybe it was the end of the morning or end of, you know, the pro- morning process. Or, well,
1: one, yeah, I'm going to come back to it. I love that you said the next four or five years. Yeah, I'm going to come back to that. So um, interesting thing is I, I, there were a couple of moments that happened for me. One was for me, I was in uh, the county in Shelby County, locked yeah. up. And I remember having a moment of the entire time I was there, I I met everyone I could and I wanted to know their story. I remember I had yeah. one guy ask me, so what are you writing a book? I said, I don't know, maybe I will one day, who knows? <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? But I, I like to think I'm a pretty likable guy. So I yeah. kind of won people over and 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 but I remember meeting these guys and and even trying to encourage some of them to say, Hey, you can you can still turn this around. Yeah. And as I said it, I thought I realized, oh my God, I am not too far down in this hole. You know yeah. what I mean? I am not even as I'm not even half as bad off as these other guys are. yeah. So I'm like, what am I doing? You know, they were my wake-up call. Yeah. And for one, but the wake-up call doesn't just, it's like everything. you said, it's just yeah. Yeah, a slap yeah. sometimes. But you sometimes you're like, what was that? Let me keep yeah. moving. <laughs> yeah. uh, another thing that, that hit me, and it hit me really hard, was uh, one day I walked into the living room, and my three children were young, and they were sitting on the couch. They were watching cartoons. And as I stood there looking at them, I realized— to my bo- two boys I'm showing them what a man is and that's mm. what they're going to become one day and to my little girl I'm showing her how a man's supposed to act yeah. and that's what she's going to look for one day and who I was wasn't anybody I wanted my boys to be or my daughter to look for. So I knew I had to make a change. But I always tell people, it, that didn't fix it. You know what I mean? I still yeah. made mistakes. But every time I screwed up, it was the thought of my three children that helped me get up and keep moving forward. Yeah. And, and it's like you said, those next four or five years, It when people ask me, when they see me missing an arm and a leg, and I, and I like to take care of myself physically, I like to think I move well. But they say, how long did it take to get over that? I say the arm and the leg, not that long. Yeah. The mental, oh, that was like five, six years. Yeah. And it does. People have to realize it takes time. Yeah. It takes time, but you have to get it in there. Just like, you know, you found God and, you know, whatever, you know, whatever it is that somebody, you know, and look at your children and your family and say, hey, I want to be a better image for them. Yeah. And, you know, hey, you're still going to make mistakes but you just got to have that motivation to keep moving forward. And it's one day you wake up and you look and you're like, you know what? I am happy with the man I am today.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that's it. That is, um,
1: that's good stuff. And thank you for sharing that. Oh, no, I, I love sharing it because, you know, stories like yours, you know, stories like mine, they're, they're, the, they're different. They're the same, yeah. whatever it is, we are willing to share. There are a lot of people out there that have traumatic stories or going through traumatic things they may never share but they hear our stories yep and it motivates them That's it. it helps them and so I, I always I love to share mine and I always tell people please if you get a chance to share yours do it because yeah. I, I have a friend of mine that uh combat veteran didn't serve with him we we know some of the same people but he has some severe trauma from his childhood that he shared with me and we have discussed he's leaning towards writing a book and I, yeah. I told him i said you know what if you ever make that step cause it's a big commitment but i told him i said i think you will help a lot of people yeah
0: no and i mean that's it and people like i've had a lot of people ask me like why do you why do you talk about the fact you're in prison like don't you why do you want no, people to it. know that it's like it's not that i want people to know that i was in prison that's not them you know that's not the impetus it's not the you know the 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 point is is that if you're if and part of staying sober and part of staying on the right road is, is remaining that, that ultimate transparency mm-hmm. and vulnerability and whatever. But uh, it is. It's. I want people to know, no matter the circumstance they're in, that there's hope and that they can. Um,
1: well, you know what I think what's, what's amazing is to meet you, see you, you look great, and then you articulate well, and then you're like, oh, by the way. Yeah. I'm like, whoa, that's amazing. <laughs> no, I love that you share it because yeah. you show what's possible. You know, and it's, it's my story shows that, Hey, things can happen, but you can move forward. That's it. You know, so it's like, it's all the same. I love it. I'm glad you share it. Amen.
0: Awesome. We're going to hit a commercial break and we'll come back. And I want to hear about your ministry.
2: Hey y'all it's Allison Sinclair with Alabama unfiltered. A lot of people ask me, what can I do to actually make a difference in DC and in my state government? And one of the most effective things you can do is write an old school letter to your elected officials. It seems super simple, but a written through the mail letter gets their attention much more than an email or a phone call. I use the Quick Letter app from my phone to write letters and it makes it so easy to write all of my representatives in DC and in our state a real letter in a matter of minutes. So Quick Letter automatically determines your representatives and their mailing addresses. You write or dictate a letter on your phone and tap the name of every representative you want to receive that letter. Quick letter handles the delivery address, the return address, the greeting, the closing, the signature, the printing, stuffing, stamping, and placing your letter in the U.S. mail. Your governor, attorney general, state legislators, your U.S. senators, and congressmen need to hear from you. And it doesn't have to be elaborate. Actually, a brief, simple letter usually has the most impact. Send a quick letter today and every day. Go to quickletter.com. That's K W I K, quickletter.com, or download the Quick Letter app today.
0: Well, thank you guys for sticking around on that commercial break. Um, I do want to just a quick word to our sponsor, Jim Hicks at Quick Letter. Uh, The work he's doing is really incredible, what he's done by making an app that makes it possible for you to reach out to your legislator uh, extremely easily. Uh, It's very convenient. Download the app. Go to your app store. Uh, download Quick Letter. It's K W I K Letter L E T T E R Quick Letter. Download the app and start writing your representatives today. All right. So Noah Galloway, we got you back for a second segment. Uh, we heard your story. It's incredible. Thank you for sharing that. Um, and as uh, you know, often happens with people who have had crazy circumstances and overcome the odds. Um, You have a desire to give back, and it sounds like you're doing that through speaking, through writing, but also through a ministry that you have. So tell us about your ministry. What is it called? What do you do?
1: Well, I have, I have my charitable fund, my No Excuses charitable fund okay. that I have that I started because I saw as an injured veteran, I saw a lot of organizations, some better than others, that were doing what they claimed to do. Mm-hmm. And as I saw that, I saw that sometimes those that weren't doing what they were doing still rose in popularity. Yeah. So I started my charitable fund because I wanted actual organizations that were doing what they said they were doing to do it there. So I have a, a board that it goes through that I only am able to donate to other 501c3s. Yeah. And I've been able to support groups like Homes for Our Troops to build houses for injured veterans, yeah. my local YMCA in Alabaster, and also Sheepdog Impact Assistance out of Arkansas, they work with veterans and first responders. People don't realize that, yes, there are a lot of great veterans organizations out there, but our first responders are a smaller group. Yeah. And so it's they they kind of fall through the cracks. You know, you have not just police officers, but firemen and paramedics that deal with a lot of trauma. And so sheepdog impact assistance, they do a lot with that and so I get to work with that. But then also, like you said, I get to go and I get to speak and I get to share my story. And I speak a lot. I'm very passionate on sharing my struggles and yeah. being open about mental health yeah. because you know there's the story that i'm sure a lot of people have heard and you probably remember what where the the families at home and there's a, a hurricane coming, and someone warns them, hey, you need to leave, we need to leave, we need to leave. Need to leave. They're like, we're going to stay, God will take care of us. Yeah. And then, you know, it gets it starts raining, the water's rising, they're on the, house, the roof of the house, yeah. a boat comes by like, come. We're like, no, 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 we're good, God will take care of us, God will take care of us. Helicopter comes, they're like, yeah. no, God will take care of us. Well, then they the water rises, and they drown, they're in heaven. And they see God, and they say, go, oh, why, why didn't you save us? He said, it was on the news, <laughs> I sent a boat. I said in a helicopter, what did you want me to do? Sometimes you have to be willing to take the help yeah. that is there, and with mental health i I am strongly trying to encourage men and women to be willing to get that help. That is not something that, as a man, is being weak. yeah um I feel like that, as I discovered in my depression that I was being weak when I let my depression control me, mm, you know and it made really me an angry an upset person. I wasn't dealing with my emotions. So it came out as anger. Well, who wants that around their, you know, their significant others or their children. And as I took care of myself and got help and took care of my mental health, then I was able to better regulate my own emotions and take care of myself, which then made me a better leader within my home because I encouraged the rest of my family. In fact, my children, I have an 18, 15, 13, and six month old. And I have well the six month old isn't in any counseling yet. Hopefully I haven't done anything to to yeah. mess him up yet. But uh, the other children, I got them into counseling. I remember there was it was an argument from each one of them. This is stupid. What am I going to do? just talk? You know, and I don't yeah. need this. Uh, but really, I put them in it not because they did or didn't need it. I wanted them to be comfortable with it, yeah. so that they dealt with it in the in the future. So it yeah. is because. I started going, and my wife would share with my children times that I would go to mental health. I remember one time I was away, and they said, where did Dad go today? And they said, the doctor. And, oh, what's wrong? Oh, the, he went to mental health. And my daughter was like, why? Is he okay? And she said, no, that's that's what you do. You know what I mean? So we're, we're showing them by example of what yeah. is important. And now I have my children that are falling in line, and they're doing the best to take care of their mental health. And I want to say while we're here, I have an 18-year-old that – just went to MEPS yesterday. He graduates this year from ClearA and is going into the Coast Guard to be part of Department of Defense to to help with our borders. And I'm excited about that. That's so awesome. I wanted to throw that out there real yeah. quick. I'm a fa- I'm a proud out. father, yes. No, that's <laughs> awesome. So, you know, I think it's it's worth talking about. You
0: know, obviously people could see you, I'm wearing a suit jacket and you you've got the guns out. So um, <laughs> but um, you know, we we prize well in our society is not even prizing that anymore, but there was a time not too long ago, like a couple of years when, you know, physical health was, was, a, was prized. You would see on magazines, you'd see mm-hmm. people in good shape. You would see people working out, you would see, and, and, and it's still obviously really big in our culture. And when you don't, you feel it and you know, like, man, I need to get back in the gym. Yeah. I need to, you know, and, and everyone grasps, um, that physical element of it, they, they look at themselves in the mirror and see that they're getting a little chubby mm-hmm. or, you know, they feel slothful on the couch or whatever. And they're like, man, I need to go do yeah. something. Um, what I have found, uh, in recovery, uh, is that you don't, you don't see the physical symptoms like with your eyes looking in the mirror, but it is something that you have to be doing, you know, 12 step programs, church, whatever you're doing, you need, there's, there's just certain elements of serving others, you know, submitting to a higher power, you know I would obviously say that's the Lord Jesus Christ, but you know, um, there's certain things—the way that human beings were wired—that if you're not doing those things, you're not looking after those things. Um, you will fall into a, a state of being that is um, not your optimum. And yes, you know, call it depression, call it whatever you want, but you're you're not your best because you're not doing these real basic things.
1: Yes, and, you know, and and I, there is a lot more that goes into mental health. Some people can just go to a counselor and talk to somebody, and 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 learn some things, some techniques that can help them get up and get going a little better. Some may need, you know, medication. Uh, others may just need to start easing into a habit. Habits are hard to form, but once they start, then they start creating. Because, you know, and it's just, just like me and my wife. She said she needed more help early in the morning with the baby yeah. before I take the kids to school and then I'm bebopping around and going to the gym. And so I was like, okay, let's adjust. And, and it took a while. Took a little while, and she thought I wasn't doing it. But eventually, I started getting to bed a little bit earlier and getting up a little earlier, and it's just yeah. become habit now. And so sometimes just doing those things and getting up and just taking going for a walk, changing the way you eat, uh, the changes that go on in your body when you eat and take care of yourself are. So much more powerful than we realize. Yeah, you know, not to sound like some weirdo. Now I feel yeah. like now it yeah, sounds like, but it's like, but right. it is true. You know, we are what we eat. Everything that goes in our body. It's like, I I have friends of mine that drink, I, and I'd never try to be someone that says, you know, it's like I've I've drank in the past, and I've gotten to where I've just got my head to convince myself I don't like it. Yeah, it's nothing but poison. Yeah, nothing but poison going in your body, and it's it's a it's a thing that is so. I, you know, I see it on people all the time and it's just, and it brings us down yeah. and it's, it's trying to take, I'm not trying to tell, and I, again, I'm not trying to be, Hey, don't enjoy yourself, but take care of yourself. Be cognizant. Yes. Yeah.
0: There's a, a saying that says you are what you repeatedly do. Therefore success is not a decision, but a habit. Mm. Yes. Right. And so that, that is it. It's, it's your routines, being able to stick to a routine, um, you know, mental health is uh, a thing that's really affected people who are near and dear to me. I've got, you know, close family members that uh, wrestle with this stuff, and, and it is funny, you know, um, there's some deeper things that, that need to be worked on with, you know, professionals or whatever, but some of the other stuff it is. It's just the it's the blocking and tackling. It's the, you know, fundamentals of, like, in baseball, use both hands when you catch the ball. What is get up at the same time every day, mm-hmm. make your bed. Yeah. You know, doing these things, and, and there's that old um, – uh, the, the admiral that gives that speech at the commencement thing about make your Making bed. Make your bed, yes. That might that's, be the only victory you get all day. Yes. So just make your bed. Yes, you know what? Right. and that's
1: We are adamant about our kids. Yeah. You know, and, and if you're going to make your kids, because my wife called me out on it one time. She yeah. said, we can't expect them yeah. to make their beds before they leave every day. Because a lot of times I'd roll out and just get yeah. busy. So I, I always make sure. Cause she always straightens her bed up. Yeah. The bed's made on her side. Before I yeah. had to get up. All yeah. I have to do is pull mine up. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, we. It's just one of those things that. And another thing is, you know, as, as a parent, as the father, you know, our children. We need these structures. Sometimes, hey, look, I get it. I'm I'm the kind of dad. Sometimes I'm like. Buddy, I've told my kids, I'm like, buddy, I'm pretty easy to work with. Like, yeah. you know, I'm not too, I'm not too hard on you. Yeah. Uh, what are you doing? Yeah. You know what I mean? Come on, work with me. You know, sometimes yeah. you, then you realize, hey, okay, look, buddy, I'm, I'm there. Comes punishment's coming. You know what yeah. I mean? And you have to do it. You have to follow through with it. Yeah. You know, but uh, kids in the long run will appreciate having those chores, having those things. I I grew up in a family that, you know, it, my my parents were just trying to survive. Yeah, You know what I mean? We were, you know, those kids that, uh, you know, just out and about everywhere. And I struggled early on because I didn't have that structure built into me. Amen. And so uh, the earlier we, we work with that, the better.
0: Yeah. And I tell him, so I've got a 13 year old son, wonderful young man. He's incredible. Um, but he is at that where he's really having to formulate habits and structure and mm-hmm. routines. And I'm, I'm, I'm beating him into his head and and I'm terrible at it still because I'm like you, I didn't have that structure. There was aspects when I, you know, I would go back and forth from my mom's house to my dad's house. They got divorced when I was two and you know, my dad's, it was more structured. My dad was very structured and had a routine and and preached routine, but I never really picked up one myself. And then with my mom, you know, there was, it was even less structure and less routine. And so to this day, my life could benefit so much more if I would have started that when I was, you know, 10, 11, 12, 13. Yeah. And so I'm I'm trying to teach Brennan from a perspective of, hey, man, I'm trying to give you something that I that I didn't do, yeah. get, get you out ahead of the ball. You know,
1: and I'll tell you what, I, I don't know if it's because, you know, sometimes talking to a 13-year-old is like talking to a brick wall. Yeah. But, um, but I find, and I want to know if it's the same for you, when I am able to say, hey, buddy, like, I went through this same thing. Yeah. Like whenever I tell my my boys yeah. that they're going through something exactly like I did, or like yeah. my son that's going in the Coast Guard, you know, yeah. like I told him, I said, buddy, you, because sometimes my wife is like, he doesn't want to do nothing. I was like, yeah, he doesn't want, like, we got to stay on him about doing his chores. Yeah. But when he's out and he's doing something, oh, he's in heaven. When he's yeah. at work, he's in heaven, you know, uh, and I'm like, buddy, you need something going all the time. Yep. And I said, and he wants to go into law, law enforcement with the Coast Guard. Yeah. After he went to MEPS, he said, there's a delay. Like, he may have to go in, and there's a year until he can start his training for law enforcement. And I said, is that what you want to do? And he said, yes. I said, well, then you wait. Yeah. I said, you know, in fact, he's probably going to weed out some people that didn't need to be there in the first place just because they yeah. were told they had to wait. So I said, you go, and you do what you want to do because you're going to love it yeah. because I can see it in him. And, because, and then because I'm pointing those things out, then I can say, hey, but while we're at it, you need to clean this room because you are a nasty person, <laughs> and I get it. I was the same yeah. way, but I'm here to help you yeah. and say clean up now. And
0: he's like, yeah. "Yes, sir." <laughs> yeah, no, it is, and and I agree. I always because I have seven kids. I didn't tell you that part. Of Holy, five's. yeah.
1: I <laughs> thought I was impressive when I threw out eighteen to six months, and you're like, "Boy, I got you beat."
0: <laughs> so I've got I've got seven kids, and what we have learned, everyone looks at us like, "How do you do? it? How do you do it?" And and again, my wife is amazing for starters one in the, 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 first part is once the oldest one learns to kind of honor and obey and do the things that they're supposed to, they set an example for the rest and yes. then they follow them. So that's been helpful. It, you kind of got to run it like the military when you have that many, but I think of it as train tracks. If you keep the kids on the tracks, they know what they're supposed to be doing and there's tracks, but the moment they get off the tracks, it is a train wreck, <laughs> right? So, but you got to keep them knowing, like, this is what we do at this time of day. Yep. This is what we're doing next this is what we're doing next. And if you keep something in their hands and activities for them, and they'll just go right on down yeah, the tracks. Yeah. But the moment that they don't have schoolwork or they don't have a coloring thing or they don't have <laughs> anything else, and then you get, you know, six kids going mm-hmm. all the different directions, seven kids going all the different directions.
1: Whew. That is a would yeah. yeah, I bet it's a well old machine that's just every morning. Just yeah, yeah that's awesome. It's yeah, but it's it good. does, it works. It uh, does my my family, me and my children, I just got remarried a couple years ago and that's who I have my six month old with. And before she moved in, it was a single man and three children. Yeah. And it was a bit of a train wreck of a house. Yeah. You know, I was needed, try- needed I was a woman's still touch. trying to be yeah, I was still trying to be, you know, the leader of the house, but then yeah. I was still kind of aloof too. You know yeah. what I mean? And it needed balance. Yeah. And uh it was my wife Amanda that came in and yeah, even my daughter uh, sent her a text. We went to New York to visit her mother for Mother's Day, and she got a text from my daughter while she was visiting her mom, that thanked her for uh, bringing the peace and and uh, turning our house into a home, and what she's done with our family. And I was like, wow, yeah, that to you know to see your children do something like that, you know, on their own, yeah, uh, it's just I mean, doesn't it feel great? How, what, how old is your oldest? Thirteen. Thirteen. Oh, yeah. That's the oldest. And those the yeah. youngest. Uh it's eight. Like months. a day old. Like eight you just <laughs> they're yeah. just popping out left and you just them out. It's like a machine gun.
0: <laughs> wow. Wow, wow. 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 Yeah. No, and it's um it's good. And, and we have, you know, the thing is is people, you know, and it, and it's just a view of children in our society. I'm not gonna go all the way down this rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. Is not one of like, oh man, more kids. Look at yay, you know, and but but it is ours and man, we we love it. And yeah. it's the most rewarding thing. It's but, you know. So
1: yeah, we have a blast, and um, it's interesting. oh no, I get it. I love I love my children. Like when Amanda and I, you know, we're the same age. She's she always took care of you know. She was uh, concentrated on her career, and then you know, I'm this is her first marriage. You know, most people have several. You know, yeah. <laughs> you hate that, but it, um, but uh, we I'm her first husband. She never had children, and she didn't know if she ever would. And we said, let's, let's just just. Let's not, let's not leave it up to us. Let's just see yeah. what happens. And, uh, I had to go through, I had to have something reversed to yeah. make that. And we didn't know if it was going to happen Yeah. and it did. Amen. And we, uh, love this. That's awesome. To death. Well, that's cool. And
0: thinking about the mother's touch in the home too, because typically, you know, you can see kind of the, the havoc that it wreaks, not having a father in the home mm-hmm. it actually b- begins to wreak societal havoc mm-hmm. or whatever. But a lot of times you don't think about it like, well, what happens to the home where it's just a father? That's obviously more rare in our society. But, but when, women are required. Yes, <laughs> right? You, you yes. need a woman's touch in a home. Um, so, well, that's really cool to hear. We'll, we'll wrap uh, wrap up the show uh, with that. Um, Noah, thank you so much for taking the time to come Brian, in and talk you. with us. Thank um, you very much. Enjoyed it thoroughly. All right. Well, guys, I um, want to remind you guys again, Alabama needs 1819 News. 1819 News needs you. 1819 News.com click the button, become a member. Membership start as little as $5 a month. Please go and do that. And until next time, put your trust in God and keep your powder dry.